0: Fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where well, my main mission is to keep you out of the divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men understand marriage and courting, huh? Not dating in the Catholic faith why because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage in this 188th episode spiritual warfare for husbands and your number one battle weapon against satan plus live phone calls from you asking your marriage and crisis question so get in that cue And if you are getting value and desire to help other marriages, please share this podcast if out through here you're getting value and I'm at least a little interesting. (laughs) So don't wait, get in that cue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so, as we always do, we have the quote of the day, quote, No one wants to believe in evil, really. Above all, not in an evil being, an evil spirit. Everyone wants to abolish the idea. To admit the existence of evil means a responsibility. And no one wants that responsibility, that is the opening through which the evil spirit crawls, stilling all suspicions, making everything seem normal and natural. This is the thought, the unwariness of the ordinary human being, which amounts to a disinclination to believe in evil. And if you do not believe in evil, how can you believe in or ever know what good is End quote father malachi martin bam i've helped hundreds of men in their marriages allow me to help you in yours get live catholic marriage help tuesday through thursday 10 a.m eastern for some resolution to your marriage confused Okay, so we got a good, good subject today. At the outset, you guys might think, ah, this is kind of going to be boring. Of course not. The Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, is never boring, is never uninteresting. All we have to do is sit there and take it in and contemplate what's going on. So let's get into our questions to get us kind of going for the week. So what is your number one battle weapon in defending your home, marriage, and family against evil? Well, that is the Holy Rosary. I look at it as a devotional prayer as well as a spiritual warfare prayer. That's the great thing about the rosary. It is a spiritual warfare prayer as well as it's a devotional prayer. Okay, and it's many devotionals are not like that, but the rosary has been known to change lives, to cause miracles, to heal families, to heal men, to heal women, um, and to draw them closer to God. Okay, next question. What is the rosary and where did the rosary come from? Ooh, this is a good one. So the rosary is a meditative prayer that focuses on the life of Christ and the sorrows of of his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, many people don't really understand. I'm going to go over some proof in Scripture of why the Rosary is you supposed to do God's will of what it's supposed to be, okay, and why we pray it and all of that stuff. But we've got to understand: is the Rosary is a meditative prayer that focuses on the life and life of Christ and the sorrow of his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay, so when I say there are nine levels of prayer, they are grouped together in three ways, the negative, the purgative, the illuminative, and the unitive. And so the nine levels of prayer are vocal prayer, mental prayer, effective prayer, prayer of simplicity, infused contemplation, prayer of quiet, prayer of union, and prayer of conforming union. And so why did I bring that up? So I'm going to do a podcast on the, the uh, uh, explaining the nine levels of prayer coming um, soon. But I want to say that it's because people think that that vocal. Okay, here. Number one, vocal prayer is the first level of prayer and vocal prayer is the least effective. Not saying it's not good. I'm just saying out of the, all the other nine le- other eight levels, Vocal prayer is the lowest level of prayer. So, vocal prayer is like, Oh, Jesus, give me this. Jesus, thank you for this. Jesus, please help me with this. And we're, you know, out loud and all of that. And that's cool and everything, you know. But the second level of prayer is mental prayer. So, mental prayer is lifting basically when we devise images in our brain and we basically take those images and lift our heart and minds up to God. So what are those images in mental prayer? So like if you um meditate on scripture. If you meditate like on the rosary, the rosary is a meditative prayer. So you as you're saying the prayer, you're meditating on the mysteries of the blessed mother of how her and her son went on the on the uh, you know along the road to Calvary and how Um, you know, Jesus was betrayed in the garden and all of these things. And as you're saying the beginning, the, uh, the meditative prayer of saying the the Hail Mary over and over again, the second part of your mind is focusing on those images, which is what draws you closer to God. And many people don't really know that they think I could just sit there, and I could just, you know, yell up to God and all that stuff. And that's cool. Talking to God is cool. And that's, you know, and don't get me wrong. That's an important thing. But that's not nearly as important as meditation, because meditation is what draws us and gets us closer to God. OK, and so those nine levels of prayer are what is needed. Now, remember, the reason vocal prayer is, is not is is um is the lowest level because of as it is, it is it's just lower, um because the mental prayer as you can see as I described it it rises our hearts and mind and soul toward God. Also, mental prayer is the what? It is the gateway to the other seven levels of prayer. So you can't get to the other seven levels of prayer by just vocal praying all the time, and this is why you hear me get. How you say? Hear me say a lot of things about people hooping and hollering, you know, and, and doing doing church services and stuff. Because if you're up there hooping and hollering and vocal praying, how are you? How are you focusing on Christ and His suffering? How are we? How are we focusing on the life of Christ and what He went through, which is what He wants us to do? If our mouth is moving, how are we? are we going closer to God? We're not. People think I'm sitting here. I'm here. Well, I've been praying for hours out loud. Whatever. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. What I'm saying is the least effective. Just like the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church is the most effective out of all the Christian faith. Why? Because it's the most vast. It has the most documents. It has the most. Um, it has the most. Um, the most history and it's the church Christ left in charge. But if you're a Baptist or a Protestant uh, or uh, a a Jehovah's Witness or whatever other Christian denomination you are, that is not a bad thing. That's a great place to start. But as you always, it's just like vocal prayer and mental prayer. Vocal prayer is a great way to start, but as you grow closer to God, and if you do it properly, you will see that vocal prayer is not enough. Just like if you are Jehovah's Witness and you really are trying to move in your faith. You're really trying to understand Christ. You're really trying to understand God. You're really trying to understand the Christian faith and how it was, how it was laid out by Christ in His church. Then eventually you're going to have to move out of being Jehovah's Witness and start expanding into growing closer to God to get those answers, those questions answered. And that's how everything is in the faith. You start out one place. But when you really get on fire for God and you really want to know him because the knowledge of God is what? Oh, I have a question. I have a caller. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is love of God, is obedience to God. And it's, it's, it's your proof of love. And the more you know of him, the closer you grow to him. OK, um, the next thing is the rosie was given to St. Dominic. So it comes from. The Blessed Mother, and remember when we say the rosary, so basically, remember the Blessed Mother always leads us, the Virgin Mary, always leads us to her son, Jesus Christ. Okay? Jesus Christ always leads us to, to God. And that's how you got to look at it. The, the, the Virgin Mary is an intercessor. So we go to her, which means we, we ask her to pray for us. And then she prays for us, and then she goes to her son Jesus Christ and asks Jesus Christ to to accept those to uh, to grant our prayer. Just like if you were, say, you asked you're your, your 20 years old and you asked your mother, your your mother to pray for you. It's the same thing. Like your mother, if you say, pray for me, then your mother would go to Christ and say, Christ. My son deserves this. Would you play? I'm praying for him to give him the strength to whatever. And then either Christ will grant him or not grant him. Another thing that people understand about prayer is and, and just like the rosary, you can you can ask God to give you whatever or or whatever troubles you're in. But the Blessed Mother will tell you that. You're. You only get what you ask for if it doesn't go against God's will for you. This is why it's important that people, we start listening to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is telling us. People think, well, it's my instincts. No, it's not your instincts. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you every day, all day, throughout your life. The question is, will you listen? Okay. And so Our Lady revealed the 15 promises to St. Dominic. Uh, um and so the there when you do the um when you pray the rosary and we'll go into this later but the, the blessed mother through her son has been authorized by god and jesus christ to grant these promises and these graces to the people who um who pray the rosary on a daily basis um so our lady revealed the 15th promise to Saint Dominic the saint to whom the rosary was first given in the 12th century. So that right there, the rosary is the 12th century. So what century is this? (laughs) The 23rd century. So how many centuries ago was that? A lot. So this is just not something people kill me how they say, oh, the Catholic Church used to be this and great and this and that, and then somehow they went astray. The Catholic Church ain't went astray. You went astray. (laughs) <laughs> the Catholic Church has not changed since Christ handed it over to the apostles in 33 AD, <laughs> whenever he was ever, okay? We've got to understand that, okay? And then later, the rosary was given to Blessed Alan de la Roche, who reignited the devotion to the rosary in the 15th century. You've got to understand, your prayers are effective, Don't get me wrong. Your vocal prayer is effective. But what you're trying as you grow in your faith, you want to you want the most effective prayers. Why? Because if you're asking for your soul to grow, if you're asking for your wife to come to the Catholic Church or if you want your kids to be Christian or whatever, You want the most effective prayer. And that's why in the Catholic church, you have all these different effective and great prayers because they're proven to be what? The most effective. And that's what you want. If you're a Christian, you're you're trying to get the most the best way to communicate with God the way he wants you to. Okay, so the last thing before our break, um, I'm going to go to our caller before our break, though. Um, so the next one is the, ro- the holy rosary is a, an enormous source of grace and spiritual protection, and one of the most powerful sacramentals of the Catholic Church. Sacramentals are very powerful. Sacramentals are what crucifixes. Sacramentals are what um, the brown scapula. Sacramentals are what like the the rosaries. I guess you said it's a sacramental. So you sacramentals help you to enhance your faith to help you grow closer to God. There are tools to assist you and to ward off Satan. That's why if you ever meet me 90% of the time, I have a crucifix on my chest and I have my brown scapula on. Okay. Why? Because these are blessed objects. And so when you have blessed objects around you, then what happens is you are protected from Satan. Okay. See, this is why I want you guys to really try to understand the faith, man, because the more you understand the faith, the more you learn how to defend your home and the less that you have chaos in in your life. Right. Okay. So um, is the rosary grounded in scripture? So um, I'm going to take before I go into that, I'm going to take my caller because now I have two callers. So give me a second callers to. Boy, I must have hit a nerve today, y'all. Woo, woo, Lord, woo. So here we go. Make sure I'm sharing. Uh, boom. Call number
1: one. Talk. Hello, caller. Yes, hello, this is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. This uh, I want to tell you your uh, your show is really great. I like it.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Now you're gonna dog yeah, me I out, was- right?
1: <laughs> you know listening listening to you and the psychology go, that goes behind it i'd be a fool to try and dog you <laughs> so how can i help you today sir so so uh i'm i'm really i'm really happy uh, to hear the psychology of uh, what's going on with me I've uh, been separated for a long time. I'm trying to get back in with my wife. Now, uh, uh, I'm doing the steps that I feel like I need to do. I just uh, I just need prayer to make sure that, uh, that my wife, uh, she she sees a big change in me, and we can spend the family together uh, for Christmas and New Year's and from there on. And then, so, yeah, I just want to tell you, thank you very much for what you bring to the show.
0: Oh thank you so do you have a question to about your wife or how you can get closer uh, to her
1: no well no, I guess just kinda like sure that i i uh i understand uh the the psychology that goes behind uh what, of our marriage and uh, just 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 keep up the good uh what what you bring to the show okay and,
0: uh, all right hey I'll and, take and, uh, all the compliments I can get brother. <laughs> <laughs> and please man call again okay thank you very much right, bro. Thank, you. thank you thank you all right that's our first caller uh let me see we hit that drop call and so now our second caller so let me try to bring this up gary
2: hello gary long time listener several time caller in
0: hey how you doing
2: Hey, I wanted to um, address what you're talking about today. If the guys aren't aware of it, um, I've always prayed the rosary prior to joining Jerry's program, but from January of 2022, when I would get done praying, I had a lot of anger in me. That was a result of 35 years of history of not paying attention completely to all the sins I've done mortally against the Catholic faith. Up to 45 minutes of prayer was dedicated daily, and some days even an hour and a half on my bad days, and I would be angry afterwards. Jerry, just this last week, in a year and three quarters, I had eight people attack me this past week for my Catholic beliefs, and they were ripping me for the beliefs that I have, and it's because I consistently prayed the Holy Rosary, I do the binding prayers, and I do the actual prayers of the litany of humility, and I'm using it in a courtroom against a proud Catholic judge who was actually belated, uh, belittling me and berating me against his professional code of ethics. And I just had an attorney apologize to me, and she said, I'll never put another motion in front of Clark County, Indiana again without um, giving the other side credit where it's due. And that's all because of me being a pro se party. Right. And that's all because of your program. That's men who maybe haven't fallen away from the church, but maybe need fine-tuning like you've had to do with me. And for the folks that don't know, Jerry and I will take each other to the mat off the record, but we always seem to come back to the same thing. It's all about Christ. But I just wanted to say that's how much of an influence it's had over my life, that it's actually got my wife's youngest daughter back into the Catholic Church with her husband. So it's had a direct reflection on everything that I do that it's indirectly influencing the kids. And that's the best thing you want as a devout Roman Catholic man.
0: Amen, brother. Thank you.
2: All right. Thanks for calling, oh, I just man. I wanted
0: to give you that compliment for the Christmas
2: season. <laughs>
0: hey, I need all the compliments I could get like I just told the other guy. <laughs> Thank you very right. much, man. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> all right. Hey, the feel the about the rosary, man, we're going to go a lot deeper into it, but man, I'm gonna tell you my story about the rosary, and I, as I'm telling you my story, man, it will. I'm just telling you, it changes lives. Prayer is so important. It is so so important. If you want peace in your life, people go well. Prayers are you know prayers are crutch. God's a crutch. Christ is a crutch. Okay, if you want to look at it like that, that's cool. Because I don't care what you call it. All I know is it works. And if you want to get down to the practical practical level of being a Christian, um, if you want to get to the, down to the practical, practical level of being a Christian on a day-to-day basis, this is, if you want to understand why you need Christ and God and the Blessed Mother and the angels and the saints and the Trinity in your life is because it works. Because think about it. There are a billion Catholics. And then when you add Protestant Christians into that, it's probably astronomical, <laughs> you know? And so think about it. With all those people, with all those people, let's say there's 7 billion people now. All of those people, uh, and, and okay, I'll tell you what, let's also add on other faiths that, that rely on God, right? Like let's just say, well, people don't, want, just like the Muslims, the Muslims, they believe in God too. What I'm saying is, people in this whole world that know that there is another that there is a god that that there is something greater than themselves so my question is for you to ask yourself whether you're a catholic or a protestant or or you're are just a of a different faith would you do it would we all do this if it didn't work now, that might sound selfish or self-returnal, but it, it's not. God knows it. God knows the deal. So with all of this, with all of us who, look, I just talked to two, two, I just had two callers. And I just talked to two very intellectually and smart men. Would they be talking about pray this and do this and talked about God and Jesus if the stuff didn't work? Of course they wouldn't. Of course they wouldn't. Would they be going out and trying to talk to other people about Christ and stuff if it didn't work? Because then they would they would, they would, would know if they would be liars. They would know what they're talking about. So my point of what I'm saying is, man, you know, the same thing I tell my kids, I told my daughter one time when I came to the Catholic Church, and I told her, I said, listen, you've been knowing me for, what, 15, 17, 18 years. When I go to a church that had that that does would not take me to where god to where god is to where i need to go you know and it's an intellect this is why the the faith is an intellectual thing it's not an emotional thing because once you understand god intellectually and have the knowledge of him the emotion comes the emotion comes and you know it's genuine emotion. It's not something that you're just trying to hype up every Sunday. Oh, I'm going to jump around and hype myself up. And all that. No, it's true. Into and The knowledge of God breeds love of God. Love of God breeds emotion to God. Okay? But it's hard to truly know and love God if you don't understand his suffering. And, and, and to understand that the way to this is through his son and his mother. Okay, so thank you guys for calling. And so we're going to get back to what we're talking about, because I know you guys, you don't like the breaks. You like me just keep going. So that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. So now this is this is a question that I'm posing. This next question is a question I'm posing to Protestants. So Protestants, if you guys don't know, are. Christian religions who are in protest of the Catholic Church. So, the Catholic Church is the first church. It's the church that Christ left, uh, gave authority to through the apostles. It's the church that has every bishop, every priest in the, uh, has been ordained from the first apostles. And so, if the Protestants are a Baptist, a Methodist, Jehovah's Witness, other Christian faiths, that have started their own church because they are in protest of the Catholic church. Now I'm not going to go into that. I'm just saying, I wanted to have a, I want us to understand the reason I posed this question because sometimes Protestants, uh, other Christian faiths try to say the Catholic church doesn't read the Bible and we don't look at scripture, which is, I'm not going to get into that either because I'd be talking all day. Cause I love that, um, that, you know, that we don't, that we don't read the Bible and that we don't have any scripture, we don't get in scripture and, and all that stuff. That is totally untrue. Um, in the in, well, if you think if you if you go to a Catholic church or go to a Catholic mass, especially a Latin mass, you hear the psalms, you hear the epistle, which are two scripture readings out of the, the Bible. You hear the gospel, which comes from Mark or Luke or John, and um, you know one of the gospels. Um, you hear um, other uh, hallelujahs, you hear I mean, we could talk, we we talking about five to ten scripture readings just in one mass so that is completely untrue okay what has been said is, and I'm not trying to make a beer for the Catholic faith to y'all today guys, I'm not, I promise I'm just, sometimes things leading to things um, it is said that most people are against the Catholic church for what they don't know about the church Okay, and for 2,000 years, the teachings of the Catholic Church have not changed. They've all, they're all about what Christ and what God want. Okay, so the, that's the reason I went over that real quick is to say this. Is the rosary grounded in sacred scripture? Because a lot of Protestants, other Christian faiths, try to say the Catholics are not grounded in scripture, the things that we say and do. But, but you got to realize Christ wanted us to pass along the faith in two ways by word and by mouth mouth um, uh, um, by word is tradition. So you have sacred scripture and you have tr- sacred tradition because you have to interpret scripture. You have to have some authority that interprets scripture because then everybody would be all confused. It's like you go to work and you work, you know, you go into a work in your job and you have a hundred people in your office but all of those 100 people, all of them have a separate employee book. How long would that work? So to bring that more closer to home to what we're talking about today, if you start your own church, then you have and everybody's uh, interpreting scripture the way they think, then you have 40,000 Christian denominations. So we have to ask ourselves, did Christ start a church, which is one church? or did he start 40,000? And we've got to ask ourselves that. So this is why I'm saying, is the rosary grounded in in sacred scripture? So the prayer of the Hail Mary is fortified in scripture. So Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. Now, the Hail Mary is a very powerful prayer. As you see by, if you just, if you heard what I just read, what did it do? First thing it did was call her with Gabriel, with, Saint, with, uh, with Saint, uh the Archang- Gabriel the Archangel called her, Hail Mary Full of Grace. Hail Mary Full of Grace is a name. It's not an action, okay, or whatever. It's, her, it's what he called her as a name. And then what does she do? Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus, which means what? we She automatically, every time you hear the blessed mother, she always leads you to Christ. This is why she is a powerful intercessor for your intentions and in your prayer. You're not praying to Mary. Which we're going to go into that in a minute. You're not praying to Mary. She's an intercessor. You're asking her because she is Jesus Christ's mother. Just like if I asked you, hey, man, uh, I need a hundred dollars. Well, you go, Jerry, I ain't got a hundred dollars, but my mother might have a hundred dollars. Would I would would you say, hey, man, you go ask my mother for a hundred dollars or would you say, hey, man, let me go ask my mother for a hundred dollars to give you? Which one was your with your with your mother likely to do? She don't know me from Adam, but she knows you and she loves you and you're her son. And so what is she going to do? She's going to ask her son. You, you're going to ask your mother to grant your gift to me, who is your friend. And that's how it works with the blessed mother. The blessed mother is Jesus Christ's mother. Her womb was purified. It was perfect. Why? To house God. And so if she goes to her son and says, hey, you know, Jerry, You know, he's asking for him to grow closer to you. He's asking to be to be um for you to give him more graces for this or for that. Will you do that? And then Christ goes, If it's if it's God's will for me, then yes, her prayer is more powerful, and then my prayer will be answered. Okay. It is also said that upon your upon your upon the general judgment. You will be standing, you will be standing before Christ and everybody else that was born in the history of the world. And you will have two, you will have two spirits standing next to you. The first spirit is Satan. The second spirit is the Blessed Mother. You've got to understand the Blessed Mother is tasked in, um, in Revelation, to crush the head of Satan, she is very powerful. And if you are a Christian, you got to hear what I'm saying. She is tasked to crush the head of Satan. So, what does that mean? She is tasked to defeat him. So, this is why it's important for you. This is why you hear by say the Rosary so powerful, because you go through her to her son. So up on your general judgment, okay, so there are two judgments. This is why you guys need to understand the faith and and, uh, and read more about the Catholic faith because only in the Catholic faith is there the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And it is explained in great detail. If you want to know about the four last things of death, judgment, heaven, and hell, go to uh, go to YouTube and pull up Father Rippicker, the four last things, or Father Relia, the four last things and listen to them. It will blow your mind and you will be a serious Christian after that. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, so there are two judgments when you die. Your first judgment is called a particular judgment. The particular judgment is when you die right then Jesus appears to you and you are judged whether you're going to heaven, purgatory or hell. All right. So, but at the end of all time, there's the general judgment where everybody that was born in the history of the world stands before Christ, and they are judged. And again, there's Satan. Then I could be not exactly right on this, but I'm, I'm you know close enough, guys. I'm not perfect, but try to bear with me. I'm I'm sure somebody's gonna say, Jerry, no, no, no. But I, I'm I'm not exactly right, but I'm kind of cl- I'm you know, so. You have Satan standing there. You have the Blessed Mother standing there. Satan is was like, look, hey, Jerry, man, he did this. He got Christ. He went against your will. He mortally sinned. He did this. He lost his, he lost his marriage. He didn't, he didn't fight for his kids. He didn't fight for his wife. He got divorced. He was selfish his whole life. He is asking. He is asking to be with me. Give him to me, Jesus. Give him to me. He, I deserve that soul. So then Jesus is going to do what? Don't look to the blessed mother. This is why you want the blessed mother. She's going to be like, hey, my son, he might did all those things, but he also was good to the people. He, he, oh, at the close to the end of his life, he was starting to come around and be a better man. And he, you know, he, he, he got back with his wife. He showed her how much he loved her and his kids. And, 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 and he was, he did more in the church and he was trying his best to come around. And then, you know, he had, you know, so the blessed mother is all mercy. So she's trying to fight for you. Okay. Now look. All of that only works if you have no mortal sin on your soul, because then Jesus has no, he has no, um, he has no choice but to, to, to bring justice to the game. Remember, God is a God of justice and mercy. Okay, I can't send you to purgatory or send you to heaven when what you've been being selfish your whole life. And you 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 didn't come to me and 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 you you murdered somebody or you raped somebody or whatever mortally sin the person is doing, right? But you gotta look at it like this: you got the blessed mother fighting for you, and you got Satan trying to get you. And if you think about it, throughout your whole life, that's what's going on. You guys gotta remember this is why prayer is so important. At the end of your life, once you die, you can't take nothing else with you. All your good deeds have ended. All your job and money and cars and houses has ended. All your prayers, all all of your devotion to God, all of that is over. Just think about what I'm saying. It's over. No more. Once you die, that particular judgment, you're right there before Christ. It's over. There's nothing else you can do. You can't. It's it's over. And so what God said, Christ says, is you will completely understand why you're going to heaven, why you're going to purgatory and why you're going to hell. You will completely understand why and you will be completely all right with it. Okay. so again. The Hail Mary is in Scripture. And so if you want to know more about that, so the Hail Mary is in Scripture is at Luke 1, 47 through 48. Now, and my spirit next, okay, and then also further in Scripture goes, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his maiden. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Catholics do not worship Mary. Here the Bible records Mary's own words that say all ages, generations will call me blessed. Hence, Hail Mary full of grace is a name which the angel Gabriel called Our Lady. More proof and validation of the power of the Blessed Virgin in scripture is also in Luke 1:28, And he came to her and said, Hell, full of grace, the Lord is with you. The angel Gabriel states that Mary is full of grace, which is the proper translation, which means perfected in grace. Some translations use highly favored, which is a poor translation and incorrect from the Greek. Full of grace means there's no room for sin. This first indicates that she was very special. This is why you need an interpreter and be authorized to interpret scripture. Because if we don't interpret scripture correctly, we're going to get the wrong meaning. This is why there's only one church that is authorized to interpret scripture given by Jesus Christ, handed down to the apostles, and that is the Catholic Church. Okay? Plus, we're not even going to go into who created the Bible. Who created the Bible? Everybody together? The Catholic Church. Okay, we all know that now. Okay, so Luke one thirty seven, for with God nothing shall be impossible, while Romans 3.23 states all have sinned. This does not include Mary, just as it does not include Christ, babies, or Adam and Eve before the fall. All in this case, Romans 3.23 in use is a general sense. So, Full of grace means there's no room for sin. So that is where you get the dogma that, that uh the, the blessed mother did not sin, she was born without sin. Okay, in scripture, proved read. Okay, now before we go on break, one last thing. Oh, we don't have no time for no break, y'all. We're gonna have to just <laughs> I told you this is an in-depth subject, it really is, but it's something that you guys, if you embrace it. It will change your life. And many things people throughout this world today, they always say, I'm going to change your life. This will change your life. And then you get in there and it goes, no, this didn't change my life. (laughs) This, This was crap. It did not change my life. But this will. It will, man. It will. So next, do Catholics worship Mary? My answer to that is this. I'm a Catholic. I'm a stone cold Catholic. I'm an Orthodox stone cold Catholic, and I will say I do believe that sometimes people go overboard with the Virgin Mary. I I, I will say that, but you've guys, you've got to realize we are people, and people always go overboard and stuff. We always make mistakes. We always don't do what we're supposed to do. That's just how it is. If you walk into, let's say, all of us who go to church every Sunday, or we don't go to church every Sunday. If you walk into a church and you think that church is holy, when you walk in, it ain't holy no more because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all a sinner. There are different degrees of levels, right? The Ten Commandments is the natural law, which is which is. You know, written on our souls. And so, yeah, first thing you're going to say is, yeah, the priest did this. Yeah. Uh, my pastor, at my church screwed around on his wife. Yeah. Uh, my pastor had a baby with another woman. Yeah. The priest molested a little boy, whatever. OK, you can go on and on in the history of the world. But the way you look at it is this. It don't matter what people do because they broke it. What does matter is where does God want you to be? How le- how high of a level in heaven are you as a man supposed to gain? And so believe it or not there are levels in heaven just that there are levels in hell. And so we've got to start focusing our minds on eternity and what that actually means because most people that listen to me are 35 years to 90 years to older so we're coming to the middle or toward the end of our life so as men we got to start thinking okay where am I at what am I supposed to be doing what's what's what is my what am I what is my purpose okay because what I've been doing for 35 years ain't working what I've been doing for 60 years ain't working so this is why I'm asking do Catholics worship Mary in the sense of the church of course we don't I explained that Mary is a mediator. She's she's in between us. We ask her to pray for us because her prayers are more powerful because she's a saint. And she just happens to be the mother of God. Hmm. Catholics do not worship Mary. The Bible records Mary's own words that say, all ages, generations will call me blessed. Catholics are only doing what the Bible says by giving her the honor she deserves. If Mary had not agreed to do the will of God... Where will we be today? So the will of God for her was, I want you to carry my son and to be his mother and to, you know, and to be this vessel for history. OK, w- Mary, will you do this? She could have said, no, nah. then what? OK, so next, Mary also acknowledges that she also needed a savior. We are free from our original sin at baptism while Mary was preserved from original sin at her conception. God is not limited by time. So reference for this is common objection to the Catholic faith. Okay. So what I'm going to do real quick is then we're going to end for the day because it's 10, you know, it's 12 minutes to the hour and I want you guys, I don't want to give you too much because I've given you a lot today. Um, So, What I'm going to do now is give you other scriptures that um, that the Hail Mary and directive to honor Mary as the mother of God. How important she is. I already stated a couple, but the most important thing that I want you guys to realize is the rosary is spiritual warfare. The Blessed Mother is in is the woman in revelations that is tasked to crush the head of satan which means she is tasked to defeat him because this is how god ordained it okay so that this is why she's very important in spiritual warfare okay like fasting um and spiritual warfare prayers and things like that so these scriptures right now are going to give what i'm going to read to you 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 can write them down with a piece of paper pen if you want But this will help you to understand how important the Virgin Mary is in history and throughout time, and as the mother of God and with her son Christ, and that she is all of our mother. Okay, she is the mother of God, she is all of our mother. All right. So below are the sacred scripture references for the Hail Mary and directive to honor Mary as the mother of God. The first one is Luke 147. Through 48. Uh, I'm sorry, Luke 1, 47 through 48. Revelation 12, verses 1 through 2. Uh, Luke 1, 28. Galatians 4, 4. Luke 1, 43. Matthew 1, 23. Luke 41 through 42. Revelation 12 17 and then luke 1 34 bam all right hold on i'll be back look at these comments i got i'm probably gonna get dogged out today but hey if you ain't if you ain't getting you know you ain't getting dogged out (laughs) then you ain't you ain't loving christ okay bam Get live Catholic Marriage Help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit Marriage dot com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within thirty days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Marriage dot com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Marriage dot com for superior coaching. For your marriage. Again, save my marriage.com. That's save my Catholic marriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit save my for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, gentlemen, we are back. And so just so you know, today was part one, which is under, what is the rosary? Where did it come from? Um, the arguments there were two arguments of we worship Catholics worship Mary, and um what was the other argument oh, the validation of of the Hail Mary and the Rosary in scripture, so I hope I did my best today to to get you to understand that i'm not look i'm not the all no be no of um of 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 the Catholic, i mean of the Catholic Church, of course, I would never could never learn in five lifetimes everything about the Catholic Church. About God, about the Christianity, I couldn't. It's just so vast, and I'm not the authority on the Rosary. There are people who know a way about the Rosary than, than I do. But all I'm trying to do is get you got get your juices flowing, get your mind going, get you, you know understanding how this stuff works, man, and how you become more holy to draw your wife and your kids to you, okay? Um, and then draw yourself closer to God. That's your mission, man. That that in the end, that's what's happening. That's what's happening, man. Really. God, your wife, and your kids. Take care of that first. Get that right. Then you start worrying about your money. Then you start worrying about your job, and your cars, and your golfing, and your pleasure, and your video games, and your movies, and your popcorn, and bonbons and stuff. Okay? Get those three first things right, and then everything else will start to fall in place. You won't be you'll get respect. You won't be looked upon as selfish. Your wife will look at you as this man that she can't believe that she married, that she's special to have. And your kids will look at you and give you much respect that you are their leader. That's your father who loves them more than anything in the world, even though you got discipline what they butt sometimes. <laughs> One thing I want you guys to understand about women before we go. Women want to be proud of the man they are. It don't matter if you're fat, skinny, muscular, no muscles, five foot two, or seven feet tall. Women don't care. They don't care if you're if you're not, if you're not that handsome. They don't care if you're cute. They don't care if you are handsome. They don't care. You know what they care about? That the man on my arm, he loves me and cares about me more than anything, and he is on the journey. He is something special. He's a a man of character. He's a man of grace. He's a man of courage. He's authentically a man, a man, and he's going to protect me, and he's going to serve me, and he's going to make me feel special. Guys, that's what it's about. That's what women want. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Once you get in the habits of understanding what to do and not to do and how to show her these things, because if you don't, if you're not special, man, if your wife sees she, then you just look like if she sees you as not special, then you become like any other guy out there on the street. You've got to understand that. Guys can't understand why their wife messes around on them. Well, a man's wife messes around on them because, well, he's just like anybody else. He ain't nothing special. And some guys go, well, you got a commitment to me. Yeah, you do. Well, just like everybody knows in the church, whether you're a Catholic or you're a Protestant, everybody knows if they look at it and analyze it that God's against divorce. Everybody does. Everybody knows it. When everybody gets married, nobody wants a divorce. But guess what? Here's the deal: nobody wants a divorce until they want one. That's it. That's plain and simple. Nobody wants a divorce until they want one. Then they rationalize every reason that I could get divorced from you. Every reason don't matter, especially a woman. They don't care when they start hurting and you just like every other guy out there, they like, well, he ain't nothing special. If I can't walk down the street with him and he's not this special guy, then what am I with him for? Look, man, you guys can look at it. How you want. my, my, my brother-in-law, who's a very wise man. He told me one time I didn't, I didn't get it though. It took me a while. He says, Women go where the alpha men are in society, in the history of the world. And that's it. Women go to where the alpha men are. They are, they are drawn to the alpha male in the history of the world. And I was like, what? Nah, man, whatever. That ain't true. He said, man, yes, it is. He started proving it to me too. <laughs> what I'm saying is. You can't. You can be a wuss in society if you want. You can be this laid back dude. You could be an introvert. You ain't got to talk when you're outside of your house. You can kind of do whatever you want as far as you know communication and things like that, and and being laid back and not taking stuff serious. But when you're in your house, you got to be a Catholic alpha dog. You gotta run things. You gotta know you let your wife know that you love her. You gotta listen to her. You gotta take her opinion on things. You gotta love and discipline your kids. You, when things go wrong in your house, you can't keep sitting there watching NFL football and watching NBA basketball in the major league and hockey games and stuff. You gotta get off your butt, and you gotta and you gotta make things right inside that house. If you're an introvert, you can't be an introvert in your house. If you're this laid-back guy that everybody goes, oh, he's so laid back, he's cool. He's, you know, he, you know, he's this and that. But when you're in your house, your kids and wife don't want that. Your wife wants to know that that me and you can work together, that you're gonna protect her, you're gonna take up for her, and when the cut co- you and her are gonna be working to get raised these darn kids. You know? So this is why neglect hurts a marriage very bad. Like people that work too much, it hurts their marriage, okay? So I'll do that little tidbit with you for today, but we are done. I hope you guys got something out of today, and I will see you tomorrow. And tomorrow we're gonna go over those six things um, that uh, that are the math, the ben- masculine benefits, okay? And then on part three, we're gonna go through the fifteen promises of the rosary and how special the rosary is, and how it will change your life as a man. Okay, so as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page Or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!